Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity to know Jesus. Lord, that we would know you more, so much more to know about you, Lord. What we know is indescribable. It's just so matchless, so, so worth it to serve the Lord, and we love you for it, Jesus, and we thank you. We ask you to come in today and meet every need, heal every heart, heal every body, heal every mind. This is your time with us, Jesus. We give it all over to you, and we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So today, I'm going to talk to you about if you need healing, lawyer up. Amen. If you need healing, lawyer up. Or in case of symptoms, lawyer up. But we've got to lawyer up if we're going to do this thing and know the healing power of God. And <clears throat> when you uh, watch the, of course, everybody who knows me knows I like, I like the bad people shows, as Rachel, <laughs> Rachel calls them. And, uh, uh, anything that has to do with investigating, getting the bad guys, arresting the devil's works, I love that stuff. I learned from it because there are natural watchmen as well as spiritual ones. And so there are many times when we pray prayers as watchmen, our counterparts in the natural realm will begin to act those things out. And uh, so we, we need to know that we're all on one accord. We're all in the same business of fighting the same devil. And we just do it in different ways. But <clears throat> I thank God that we have law enforcement people that are relentless in their pursuit of those who are lawbreakers. And that's what we are commanded to be in this kingdom is relentless in our pursuit of the enemy who is breaking the law every time he puts sickness on somebody or tries to get us to accept sickness. Sickness was never and is never and never will be God's plan for humanity. And so that's why people go to the doctor for help. That's why you come to healing school for help is because you know deep within you sickness is an enemy and it's not a friend. So when I, when I watch these uh, shows, though, I'm always intrigued because one of the things that, that happens when people get arrested is they will attempt to clarify and clear themselves of any kind of suspicion of guilt. So anybody who's smart will lawyer up real quick. Amen. You don't tell them people nothing until you get counsel to know exactly what needs to be said and why. There are people on death row who are totally innocent because they ran their mouth trying to acquit themselves in the interrogation room. I had a good neighbor who <clears throat> spent 20 years in the penitentiary. He was a businessman. He had a, a grocery store, a little corner grocery store, just making an honest living. He was a Vietnam veteran. And he believed in protecting himself and his property. And uh, there was a situation where uh, there was a, uh, a tenant in a building across from him that was giving the landlord problems. The landlord was an elderly gentleman. And so this, the store owner thought he would go over to make peace between the two of them. They were arguing, and the, the tenant pursued him across the street with a gun, and he had his gun ready, shot and killed this man. But he did 20 years because they said he lured the man over there. And he said, I just thought I was telling the police my story, my side of the story. And they would get everything straightened out and not go home. But he went on trial. He was convicted, and he spent 20 years in jail because he did not lawyer up. When we sin, we have a, what, advocate with the Father. And we need to lawyer up at all times because when the enemy puts symptoms on you, you don't try to talk to him about them symptoms and tell him he can't do this and he can't do that and all that. You need to lawyer up, shut up until your attorney shows up and tells you what to say. You got me? That's a smart thing to do. So Jesus is our advocate. If you didn't need an advocate, he wouldn't be there advocating for you. He sits in the throne room of heaven to give you godly counsel 
as to how to respond, what to do, when to go, what to go, where to go, who to talk to, whose meeting to go to, to get prayer, all that kind of stuff. That comes from your counselor. See, many times we'll take a few scriptures and a few ideas and run with them in some religious fashion because we think we understand everything. Well, you know, I got the word and I got this and I can take care of this. And I, you can't take care of nothing without your lawyer. You understand me? Because he's much wiser than we are. He knows the plans of the enemy. He knows the plans a father has for us. And he knows when our foot is in a snare and how we're going to get out and what he's going to tell us to do. You got me? So you don't do anything without the counsel of the Holy Spirit. The woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says when she heard of Jesus, she said something inside of herself. See, she lawyered up. She listened to the counsel of the Holy Spirit within her, and he told her exactly what to do to get her healing. That's the difference between people who get it and people who are still lingering with symptoms and all of that. The know-it-alls already have a formula and a situation they think they can get themselves out of, but I'm telling you, the smart ones will lawyer up and throw themselves on the mercy of Jesus and ask him what he has for them so that they can do this thing right, they'll come out of their situation, and they'll come out of their torment. They always went to him, folks. Always. You always want the counsel of God. You know, I know we live in a day and age where people think they have access to everything. I'm telling you, there's so much information out there, but there's very little counsel. Knowledge is nothing without the wisdom to know how to carry it out. Jehovah Witnesses got scriptures. In fact, they tell me so many. I said, <laughs> putting me to shame. They can out talk you with them scriptures they throw at you. And they're all screwed up and crazy, but they've got a lot of them, but not counsel and not wisdom. And, he, and wisdom is applied knowledge. You want some applied to your life. You don't want some just to be able to recite something, impress somebody. The devil's not impressed with us. <laughs> he's impressed with him. He's not impressed with us. Because he's always trying to get at us. Exodus fifteen twenty six. if you'll turn there. This is a scripture that you stand on. Because this one points to your redemption. I'll show you a comparison, a, a parallel scripture, Galatians 3.13. But this has been a standard covenant principle for God's people. <clears throat> he said, if you will diligently hearken. You know what diligently means? Study it. That word diligent is, is the root word means student in Latin. And so it means like a student. Hearken to the voice of the Lord your God. And that means not just when you have a problem, you have trouble, but you listen to God in the good times. You listen to God when you, when you would have a chance to listen to something else. You listen. And he says, if you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his sight, Give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes or keep his rules and principles. I will put none of these diseases upon you. I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I brought upon the Egyptians. I'm the Lord that heals you. If you're obedient, you belong to me. I heal you. That's all I have for you is healing. If you're disobedient, guess what you got? You have an advocate. You got a lawyer. Huh? You go around breaking the law, you go to your lawyer. Go to your lawyer anyway. There's some people that don't do anything without the advice of counsel. You got to have him speaking to you so that you know which way to go and how to do these things. Don't go to God, tell him, well, God, you know, uh, you know just make it so that the, the doctors guide their hands so they don't slip. Oh, they, come on now. You've got to go to him as God, as somebody you trust above all others. You've got to go to him with him in his proper place. Yes. 
And he advocates for you. He don't throw the book at you. He'll throw the scriptures at you, which is a good thing. You got me? But not in a bad way, in the way of redemption. So when you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. You're not getting beat up and told you can't. You're so bad. You you have an advocate. You go to him in repentance. You go to God humbly and see what he won't do, do for you. So we must not accept sickness because it's contrary to God's word. You don't accept it. You fight it from day one. There are people, worldly people, the first thing they say when somebody tells them they got cancer, I'm going to beat this. And they have nothing to fight it with. You know, I mean, they don't belong to God, and, and, but they feel in themselves that it's an enemy that's come to them and they want to resist it in some way. That's totally natural for human beings to want to resist illness. So we don't accept that. God doesn't use illness to teach us anything. He uses the Holy Spirit to teach his kids. You won't learn anything from being sick. You just learn you're glad to get up off that bed if you got sense. You understand me? You don't learn anything. People say, well, I appreciate that because I got closer to God. You could have done that anyway. He said, draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. I don't think it's sick to get close to God. Come on, folks. Let's come out of this old dead religion and come into an understanding of what we have for us that's helping us. You have an advocate. Man. So, people always want to know how to fight sickness. Always. That's why everybody's trying to get signed up for what they think is free health care. You know, nothing's free. You know, we're all going to have to pay for that. Been paying for it all along anyway. I don't really see what the difference is. But we think that we're going to somehow beat the rap of sin by getting more money to pay for more treatments and more things like that. That's never going to happen. And so that's God. God will always be there to heal us. He will always need to be there to heal us. So when sickness comes to you in the form of symptoms... Psalm 107.20 says he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Not the word and, not the word and, but the word. You got me? Jesus' word does not need any help. He doesn't need any help. So we answer sickness when it speaks that we must accept it. When, you, when sickness starts telling you, you've got to accept it. You need to answer it with the word. But you need the wisdom of your advocate to know how to answer it. If you don't know how to answer it, you'll get in this uh, debate with the devil as to whether or not he has the right to put sickness on you. You ever been in that trap where the enemy will say, well, look at you. You don't eat right and you don't do this right and you don't do That's why you're sick. You see what I'm saying? And so when you don't talk to your lawyer, when you don't lawyer up, you'll sit there and your mind will try to fight the symptoms with this kind of an argument. Just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Huh? Well, look at you there. Yeah, huh? See, you're going you to get AIDS. I don't care what they say about being born again. You gave your life to Christ. That's what you did that way back there. You're going to get that sickness just like them. You ain't no better than they are. And so the enemy accuses us day and night, the word of God says. And if you try to answer him without the presence of your attorney right there to tell you what to say and to speak on your behalf, you'll never get rid of symptoms. You'll never get rid of sickness. They'll hang on because you'll be sitting there, you'll be sitting there thinking and wondering if he's got a point or not. Everything in the world now, every sickness there is, people are pointing to lifestyle as the cause of it. It used to be when, if if people, uh, uh, back in my mother's day when she was a kid growing up, if some people put on a little extra weight, it was because they got to the point where they made enough money to eat good food. You understand what I'm saying? It was kind of like, now it's a trap for every signal. Oh, you're going to get diabetes. Oh, you're going to have a struggle. Oh, high blood pressure. Oh, everything is pointing to that. And see, the devil will, will try to hook you in guilt. Well, see, God can't get rid of that diabetes because look at you. Huh? Then you lose the weight and you're on insulin. 
When you was fat, they gave you pills. Now you lost the ratio on insulin. So what happened to all of that, devil? See, y'all need to lawyer up. I figured out the whole crux of the problem was you didn't lawyer up. I figured it out. God gave me my answer. He said, you got no business sitting there arguing with the devil anyway. You don't argue with anybody who's not worth arguing with. What you talking to him for? Ain't that how our mama and daddy got into trouble the first place trying to answer that old rascal? Remember in the garden? As long as they was walking past him and wasn't talking to him, everything was cool. He started talking and got in her head. Huh? That's what the devil likes to get in your head and tell you why you laying down like Job's friends. He's going to tell you all the reasons why you sick and condemn you so that your faith won't work. Huh? And you don't make that call. Devil, I'm not talking to you anymore. You speak through my attorney. Huh? I won't help in all that, but I see right now you ain't my helper. Huh? Nothing but my accuser. That's what he likes to do. Accuse us day and night, day and night, day and night. He sees you reaching out for faith in the word and start messing with you. Huh? You decide you're going to stand on the words. You're not going to keep running here and there for help and don't get, ever get any help and never gets any better like the one with the issue of blood. That scripture finally clicks on the inside. And the devil said, look at you, what you, you How do you think you're going to get a supernatural healing? You don't know enough word to do that. You've got to spend at least 15 hours a day. And I'm not above doing it. I'll do it. I've done it and I'll do it. But I happen to know that my lawyer can counsel me and tell me exactly what to do. Galatians 3.13 tells us Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Sickness is part of the curse of the broken law. When he paid the price for our sins, he bought us out of the power of that thing. You don't go in and out of the power. You're redeemed. You're either bought out or you're not bought out. You understand what I'm saying? If once you're bought out, you're bought out. It's a purchase. It's not a loan. And it's not a, uh, you understand what I'm saying? It's not, if he ain't feeling you today, you understand what I'm saying? He take it back, that kind of stuff. Or if you ain't feeling real holy, you don't get the advantage of it. It's not like that. It was a one-time purchase of you, holy, spirit, soul, mind, and body. 100% of you he purchased. He didn't purchase your spirit to go to heaven and let your body deteriorate and fall apart from you while you're down here on earth. God don't work like that. He purchased the whole thing. There is no part of you he doesn't own if you will let him own it. And he will tell you how to get it fixed. He will tell you how it works best. He will help you. You know, you see all these people with these funny diets. The less meat they eat, the more they feel better than somebody else who eats meat. See, that's a religious spirit. Didn't Paul address it? See, if you read your Bible, you can find out where this stuff comes from. It's nothing but religion. Religion won't heal you. Religion won't get you to heaven. You can eat all of, you can be the biggest vegan you want to be and eat all the vegetables and you will tear hell up if you don't have the atonement. It's nothing but a false religion. Paul said, why are you arguing about what you eat? Taste not, touch not, handle not. Why are you still doing that? God's put you in a higher place. All you got to do is pray over it and throw down. man on television, that little nasty man that eat them bizarre foods. Now, I'm sure the, the vegans get upset when they turn him on because he eat anything. You know, all, they don't even be dead most of the time when he eat. He prayed over nothing. I don't see him getting sick. I don't see him looking funny. 
His faith has taken him somewhere. Huh? I wouldn't do it. But all we have to do, the Bible says, that your food is sanctified if it's taken with thanksgiving. Quit grumbling about wanting something better. Huh? Oh, I wish I had me. Now just bless what you got and throw it down. Get on up from the table. Quit making a big deal out of everything. But see, when we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. When you think you're innocent, you have an advocate with the Father. You've got to have counsel in order. Don't let the devil talk to you. Tell him to talk to your lawyer. You don't have to talk to him. And sit up there and you think you're talking to yourself. And you're like, well, I don't know. I'm not feeling good today. I wonder what I did. See, that's when you're on the wrong road already. Because you can't go and undo nothing. Huh? You know, a little super, so you step on a crack, break your mother's back. Now, we don't do that no more. You understand what I'm saying? You're not superstitious. When you try to go backwards and try to undo something you've done, that's been paid for. Your advocate paid for that. He redeemed you. He bought you back out of the devil's power. Never to be bought in again. The devil can't buy you back. He don't pay for nothing no way. He's a thief. You get hooked up with him, you liable to get repo. Because he ain't nothing but a thief and a liar. <laughs> but when we are accused, we have to give an answer for the charges against us. There must be an answer. And we know that, and that's why we try to think of something. Well, you know, I didn't do nothing wrong, and... Uh, you know, that couldn't be, uh, you know, why is this happening to me? All that kind of stuff. The devil loves that. That's a playground for him. So you might as well shut that up and quit talking to him like that. And quit telling him you didn't do nothing wrong. And that couldn't be you. And you ain't cussed in at least three days. And I've been good. And, I, you know, I've been good enough that I don't suppose to have these symptoms. Huh? Don't we think like that? The first time something bad happens, we say, what did I do? I wonder how this, I wonder what, quit wondering, call your lawyer. Huh? Quit, quit wondering and lawyer up. You don't need to worry, wonder about nothing. Because when he comes on the scene, he straightens out every single thing. Amen. You got me? He straightens out every single thing. Our problem as believers is we've taken, we've got so many steps and formulas and outlets and accesses that we leave God himself out of every, almost everything that we do. We think if we get somebody's list of what to do to get this and list of what to do to get this, that we've got God. No, all you got is a piece of paper. You need a lawyer, honey. I don't care what them contracts you got say from them people over there. You need to see an attorney. Huh? Because you need godly counsel to sort things out. You need to understand what's important, what's not important. And you need to understand his instruction for how do, you, how do you get your healing back and how do you get symptoms off your body. Because our sins are paid for. We, <coughs> sickness becomes an accusation of the enemy against us. It's not real. hasn't got quiet it becomes an accusation because your sins are paid for see if, if I go to the bank and they tell me that they bounce some checks of mine and I tell them that couldn't be true because I have statements stating that I have X amount of money in the bank all they have to do is go back and comb through the records and find out that I have no offenses against my account. I have money to cover that. So when the enemy comes to us with sickness, symptoms, or whatever, that's been paid for already. And I don't care how you feel, it's merely an accusation. It's not something that'll stick on you. Because once, once you talk to your lawyer and you realize who you're dealing with, how you're dealing with them, and you go to him and you say, no, you know what, Jesus? The devil's accusing me down here of having bad eating habits, being a glutton, 
and a wino and all that other stuff and a drug addict and my brain is not right because I took drugs way back when. I don't care how you're feeling. I don't care what the doctors find on a test. It's an accusation that must be answered in the court of heaven. See, our problem is we don't want to go to court against the devil. We want to sit up there and try to reason in our minds and see if we can reason him away or see if we can go and undo something. Well, I'm going to eat better starting tomorrow. No, you ain't. You're going to have that same... Then you want to bargain with the devil. Well, you know everybody cheats a little bit. What you talking to him for? He don't own you. He don't own nothing that has nothing to do with you. But see, we don't want to go to the lawyer because we think we're guilty. So you don't want to go to Jesus because you're scared he's going to be harder on you than the devil is. So you're going to go try to keep it on the QT. I'm dealing with him. You know, I deal with over him. Oh, you need to lawyer up. You just need to, you need to do it. <laughs> so when we're accused, we have to answer the charges against us. Now, who accuses us? Satan does. What is his evidence against us? Symptoms. When we have symptoms, the accusation seems more real. What do we do? We usually argue with him. Go into denial, try to hide, try to get a quick remedy, a quick cure, see if we can get them to go away real fast, and keep our minds from wandering and make it something bigger than what it really seems to be. You ever notice that if you get a headache, all of a sudden, oh, that means a stroke coming. Uh-huh. You can't even get a, a throb on the side of your temple without you seeing yourself laid out there with a tube in there and the EMTs bagging you and, now, I know I don't live in this world by myself. Y'all do this. Y'all have the same things that I have. And, and if, I, if, I try to, if I try to talk to God about it and get in the world, I'd be dead by the time the word works. Or maybe I'll never try the word. You just keep running from the devil. You need to have your day in court. You need to just lay it all out there between you and Jesus. He on one side is your advocate, the devil on the other side with the accusation, and let's deal. Uh, Let's get it over with. Let's do it. Uh, Let's get it over with. So you have an advocate, and you better call him. You better lawyer up. The devil will kill you. (laughs) 1 John 2, 1 tells us that. When we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He ministers at the throne room of grace, not judgment. You got me? It's over the mercy seat, not the condemnation seat. So when you call your lawyer, you get mercy, huh? You get grace, you get empowerment. You get everything you need on the good side to defeat the enemy, and you don't get the devil's condemnation and continual accusation. Jesus will give you something that will stop the devil every single time. Every single time. The question is, who do you want to have your body? When Jesus died at Calvary, he received something for us on our behalf. And it's similar to what they have uh, in the natural realm. The Bible is referred to as the Holy Writ. Have you ever seen it referred to like that? Well, there's a writ that they have in the natural that Jesus obtained for us. It's called the writ of habeas corpus. You know what that means? Habeas corpus really means you have the body. So Jesus has our body. He received that writ for us at Calvary. Why are you letting the devil have your body with symptoms? See, when you call your lawyer, he gets that writ out on your behalf, and he takes your body away from the devil. The devil don't have your body no more. You want him to take it? 
<laughs> he could let him have it. He don't want it anyway. He just wants to make you think, he wants to drive you crazy, make it send you everywhere looking for help in the natural, make you think he's got something. Okay, I'm going to read you from the, from the dictionary people. It says this about habeas corpus. The writ of habeas, H-A-B-E-A-S, habeas corpus, C-O-R-P-U-S, means you have the body. Is a writ or a court order. The Bible is a court order for your release. The Bible is the oldest legal book intact known to man. It's a book of laws of God having to deal with man. So it is a legal document. It is also a covenant document, which is a document of, of a contract. And it's a God, uh, uh, an everlasting contract between God and man. So a writ of habeas corpus is a court order that requires a person under arrest to be brought before a judge in the court. That's what Christians never get and never ask for is their day in court. When they're sick, we run from God, try to hide from God, try to hide our symptoms, try to wish them away, try to figure out how to get out from under it. We don't tell the saints we need prayer. When we ask for prayer, we don't know if we want to say we're sick, we're struggling, we believe in God, we don't even know how to, we don't even know how to talk to each other to get help. You need to lawyer up. Because we so messed up sometimes trying to get help is pathetic. But this is a court order that requires a person under arrest to be brought before a judge or into court. Don't be scared to go to court. You, you go to the throne room of heaven. You don't go to a natural court. You go to a court that's for you, not against you. The principle of habeas corpus ensures that a prisoner can be released from unlawful detention. If you have symptoms, you need to understand you're being unlawfully detained. I'm going to say it again. If you've got sickness or symptoms in your body, you are being unlawfully detained. Why? Your sins have been paid for. It's not legal for the devil to put sickness on you. You're being unlawfully detained. That is a detention lacking sufficient cause or evidence. There's no evidence of your past sins. There's no evidence of your confessed sins. There's no evidence. He's lacking evidence against you. That's why you need to quit talking to him. Quit trying to figure out. Stop it. The remedy can be sought by the prisoner or by another person coming to the prisoner's aid. That's your advocate. So you don't have to answer for yourself. You don't have to know all the scriptures that's necessary so you can be healthy and, and like the other people are. You don't have to know all of that. All you have to know is one person. That's your advocate. Huh? You don't even have to say anything on your own behalf. You let him do the talking for you. So he says the remedy can be sought by the prisoner or by another person coming to the prisoner's aid. When Jesus comes to your aid, he comes with a clean record on your behalf. He's not coming there. They, take my fingerprints, devil. Huh? You won't find them on any kind of. You won't find them anywhere. Huh? You take them. God says our sins, he remembers no more. Huh? He got amnesia when it comes to what we did wrong. Amen. You understand me? Yeah. There's nothing to be held. There's no grounds for us to have sickness in our bodies, period. There's no evidence against us. We don't have to be having our day in court confronting the, the devil and telling him, you know what, devil? I have an advocate with the Father. I have Jesus on my side. And as soon as I get to finish talking to him and meditating, I'll come up with what he has as an answer for me in this situation. See, I'll let him provide the answer for me. 
It says a writ of habeas corpus, also known as the great wit, is a summons with the force of a court order. It is addressed to the custodian, in other words, the prison official, the one who's keeping you bound, the one who's keeping you sick, the one who's keeping you illegally detained. It's addressed to him. So Jesus has papers on us addressed to the devil that tells him he's got no claim on us. It says it's a summons with the force of a court order. It's addressed to the custodian, in our situation, the devil, and demands that a prisoner be taken before the court and that the custodian present proof of authority. In other words, whenever we call on the name of Jesus, Satan has to give God proof of authority over us, and he has none. He can't detain us illegally and unlawfully without proof to hold us. He's got no proof to hold us. Well, what about that? What about nothing? He has no proof. He has no evidence. The blood of Jesus paid for all of that. It erased all of that. It cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Sickness can't stick to the righteous. Sickness can't hold us down because of the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Our lawyer covers us with his righteousness, not ours. Our problem is we're trying to clear ourselves with the devil with all the self-righteousness. Well, I didn't do that, and I did not do that. Well, I did do a little bit of this. We don't know what we did. We need to shut up and lawyer up. Just shut up, shut up. Huh? So it demands that a prisoner be taken before the court and that the custodian present proof of authority. Jesus, the devil's got to give God proof of authority that he has a claim to you. And he don't have no claim to you. I don't care what you did this morning. You repent and tell God you're sorry and you're cleansed from all unrighteousness. Sin can't keep you sick. Are you kidding me? If the custodian is acting beyond his authority, then the prisoner must be released. He always acting beyond his authority. Huh? The prisoner must be released. Any prisoner or another person acting on his or her behalf may petition the court of judgment. That includes intercessors. When you're too sick to get up, somebody can pray for you and have the advocate go to court on your behalf and get your release from the devil's sickness, his symptoms, his power, period. Who has the body? Jesus has the body. The devil don't have our bodies anymore. Are you kidding me? So that's to, to prevent people from, from their rights being abused, illegally detained, unlawfully detained. In other words, devil, take me to court. You think you've got evidence against me to keep sickness on me? Take me to court. I demand to see my attorney. I'm calling him right now, and I'm going to court with you. When we get to the throne room of heaven, all the mercy and grace is going to fall on my side. And you're going to let me go. These symptoms got to go in Jesus' name. Sickness has got to go in the name of Jesus. You're being illegally detained. You must be released because it's not lawful for him to hold you anymore in the name of Jesus. So that's why you need to lawyer up. Because you have an advocate with the Father. Jesus has evidence to the contrary of what the accuser has against us. Hebrews 4.14 says he's a great high priest. And he's passed from earth into the heavens on our behalf. He forever lives to make intercession for us and to be our advocate in heaven at the throne room of God. Don't ever be afraid to confront the devil with symptoms. Don't ever be afraid to talk to Jesus and tell him, Lord, I'm sick down here. I can tell you. I can't tell the saints I'm sick. They'll say my confession bad. But I can talk to you. <laughs> you know how it is. Y'all know what we do to each other. That's why you need a lawyer. 
<laughs> Jesus got this writ for us because he exchanged his blood and his life for that paper on our behalf to clear us. The veil was torn from top to bottom. So the custodian must appear before the throne of God. So the devil, you don't answer the devil alone when you have symptoms, when you have illness, when you have anything like that. You're answering him in the throne room of God. God is present watching everything he says about us. And God can make him back down and take those words back. See, the blood will condemn him and his own words against us. And that's why you need to have your day in court. You need to have your day before the throne of heaven. Don't be afraid to go to God when symptoms hurt you. Many times we don't want to God, go to God because the devil's already convinced us we've done something wrong. We're guilty of something. The world makes us guilty of something. So Satan must appear before the throne of God. It's not just us appearing there. He's appearing. Our accuser must go there too. And he's got to prove that he has a legal right to hold your body. He's got to prove that. Now, can he prove that? If you've received the atonement, you can't receive sickness. You can't receive anything related to that. Sin doesn't have a hold on us. You know, we feel bad when we mess up. You're supposed to feel bad. But don't condemn yourself. You have an advocate. You lawyer up. And you tell Jesus you're sorry. And God, you know, come on my behalf. Cleanse me. Help me. Get me out of this mess that I'm in. I don't want to feel condemned and responsible. You may have done it, but you're not responsible. He took the blame. He bore the penalty. He took all of that stuff on our behalf. You can't handle that. Man, most of us can't handle a, a regular bill. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? Yes. You know, the, the, the utility that comes every month. You know what it's going to be, but you get nervous when you go to the... Like all of a sudden, one day, you're going to have triple amount of electricity you use. You understand what I'm saying? We can't handle nothing. That's why you need an advocate. Don't feel bad for having a lawyer. Do not be afraid to confront the devil in the presence of your attorney. He has no authority to hold us, so he must let us go. Jesus obtained this court order to bring the devil out of the shadows of holding his people bondage. And he either has to charge us legally or let us go. There are no legal charges of illness to one who puts his trust in Jesus. Jesus always speaks on our behalf. 1 Peter 2.24 by whose stripes we were healed. It's a done deal. It's a past done deal. Well, Bob, why do I find you got a lawyer up? Be asking me why you feel this and why you feel that. You better talk to your attorney. See, this is what we do. We quiz people. We quiz each other. We quiz our own minds. We put ourselves through a bunch of changes. We want to do everything but go to Jesus. It's a known fact. We don't go to him in trouble. We want to get out of trouble and try to convince him that we ain't done nothing. And then we go to him. Huh? We want to go to him clean already. And he knows everything. And he can help us the most when we're weak. He can help us the most when we're in need. He can help us the most if we'll trust him and trust in his love. That he did not come to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved and that his people might walk in the freedom of their salvation in the joy of their salvation. Isaiah 53, 1, who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin could live unto righteousness. The life we live is a righteous life. It's a sin-free, sin guilt-free, full of joy, Full of blessing, full of hope, full of promise. It's that kind of life. Galatians 3.13, Christ says, I have redeemed you from the curse of the law. Why are you accepting this even though you haven't lived the kind of life they tell you you have to live in order to be healthy? 
I'm telling you, the only thing you got to do is trust in the blood to be healthy. You'll never do everything the doctors tell you. You ever seen Dr. Oz? After about three minutes, you turn that rascal off because he got a remedy for everything. He done found out everything. It's nothing you heard of before. And if you go to the GNC or someplace, the, the stuff is $30 a bottle, and you ain't going to take it all anyway because you ain't a pill taker. You've been redeemed from the curse of sickness. You're not no pill taker. I remember when I was, I was sick with depression. I was a new Christian. I was only saved maybe. I got saved because I was depressed. So God had to teach me how to get my healing from him. You understand what I'm saying? And, and I can remember forgetting to take pills after I'd been saved. And before I was saved, I knew I sat there and waited. When, you know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the heavy hitters. You know, your Z-Pam people. You know who they are, don't you? All them Valiums and the Zines, the Thorazines, and the, you know, them heavy hitters. I sat there and looked at that clock till it was time to get another one. Huh? When you don't have, you do that when you ain't in Christ. Shoot. You kidding me? And you sit there and get nervous and wonder if I'm going to make it until. Then you remember the doctor said, oh yeah, if I need, I could take a half hour early. So you get to move the dial. I stumbled around there in my Bible myself because I was housebound. I couldn't get out to go to church where they could teach you. You understand what I'm saying? And when I did get saved, I vowed to God I would always teach and honor his word. I would not teach people nonsense stuff, tradition and goofy stuff. Give them the word. It's what's going to help them. But uh, I remember the day I forgot to take pills. Huh? Forgot to take them. I can remember having a, a cabinet full of things. They said, oh, you can't sleep? Well, we've heard that so-and-so and such-and-such helps for that. Them pills still in there. It's been like 30 years. I got bottles. I save them just, just for a testimony. You understand what I'm saying? It's been 30 years, and I left X number of pills in that bottle. Never to have to take. Why? Because uh, he's got my body. The devil don't have and my mind. See? The devil has no claim. I'm redeemed from the curse of sickness. See, when you know that and you walk in that, your conscious man will stay away from things that don't line up with that. See, pills don't line up with that. I remember being healed and not knowing it. I would take a pill that used to help me, and I'd sleep for like six hours on one pill. I cut them in half and was still sleeping. And I realized, I said, maybe... God is healing me, and I don't need this stuff. And one day just totally forgot to take them. The doctor told me, he said, oh, you've been on this so long, you're going to go through withdrawal. And I could feel God in here say, he said, uh-uh, don't believe that. He said, I don't withdraw people, I deliver people. You withdraw nobody. I got to withdraw you from something. He cut that thing so quick, man. He, the anointing destroys the yoke. Never to be put together again. Are you kidding me? He annihilates that stuff. I've not had a tranquilizer or nothing like that. Over 35 years. When God saved me and healed me. Have not had anything. You know, and I'll get up sometimes and, and uh, want to grab Eddie, my little cane, and walk with it or something. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'm healed by your stripes. You know what I'm saying? You just get, start thinking negative and that kind of stuff. Get up and you feel something. And, and pretty soon, that's gone too. See? I'm, I'm not a pill taker. I'm not a, you know, because I've, I've received the atonement. See? That's not familiar to me. That's not comfortable to me. That's not where I live anymore. You see what I'm saying? And it's not that I don't condemn people who do it. You are where you are. You understand me? But I'm telling you where God wants us to live and he will get everybody there. See, I'm no special person. He's no respecter of persons. If he can get me there, he can get anybody there. See, you have the blessing of teaching. I didn't have any. 
but I, the Holy Spirit taught me. I knew how to hear from God and I knew how to listen. You understand what I'm saying? And so these are things that we need to understand are available to us. If you'll take it to heart, if you'll mix the word with faith, if you let it sink in, you will trust your advocate more and more. The Lord was ministering to me and telling me, he said, I need my people to really trust me. He said, because many of them are trying to solve their own problems and they've never included me. Hmm? Go all around outside of me. Don't wait for me to give them counsel, direction, guidance, or anything like that. And he said, they need to trust me. If they would come to me, I would immediately make the enemy release his hold on them. Because he's got no evidence against us. He's, we're being illegally detained. And once our lawyer shows up and begins to speak on our behalf, then the enemy has to drop what he's holding. We have been ransomed, folks. We have been ransomed. When Jesus did his work on the cross and was buried in the grave, that ransom was paid. Because the graves of the de- deceased saints opened up and then people got up and walked around. You understand me? He showed he had power over the grave and it was immediate after that price was paid. When he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit and that blood was delivered, immediately the doors sprang open and came out of there. What are we waiting for? There's no more waiting for anything. Because that price was paid so long ago. But see, we linger... And we labor because we have doubt and we think that our living has canceled what he did. Right? We sit up and feel guilty. Because what well, keep living, you're going to do something else. Huh? Keep living. Huh? See, when you try to live in your own righteousness and back in the log in, I don't do nothing wrong and that way I can be healed and I'm going to do this right and that way I can be healed and I can do this right and that way I can be healed. He'll show you every single time before you cross the, get up and walk across the, the room to get to the bathroom. You can cuss the foot of the, the this couch out because you, it's just stuck itself out there in your way. Huh? Oops. That's for self-righteous people, you know. God don't need your no-nos. He don't need you to do everything right. He just needs you to trust him. Huh? You know, the older saints used to say many dangers, seen and unseen. There's so many unseen snares out here. Things you don't have a clue what's out there. That the enemy wants to get us caught up in if he could. Huh? And sometimes he does. But if he does, you still have an advocate. Jesus has your body. He has a root of habeas corpus. The devil don't have the body. He has your body. That's why he refers to us as the body of Christ. He possesses us totally. He don't want the devil to give you a headache, a hangnail, a black eye, a bloody nose, nothing. Huh? Nothing. I use my faith for everything. The other night, a, a, a deer jumped in front of my car. I had fur all over. It's a crime scene. Let's just put the yellow tape around. I'm guilty. I mean. Suicidal deer out there. On the, you can't help when they get suicidal. They just jump out in front of you. But for a minute, I wanted to question... How did this happen? Because, check this out. And You know, when you listen to your own head, you find out some truth about yourself. Because I was thinking to myself, I said, God, I never, I never hit deer before. And I've been living where I live. They run around them all the time. I, people out there shooting them in my backyard and stuff like that. You know, the deer hunters out there. And so I began to pray for, you know, when I come down, because our street is kind of dark at night, and I said, well, Lord, just keep them off of this street. 
you know, when I'm coming down. I don't want to hit anything. I don't want to damage my vehicle, blah, this, blah, this. So this didn't happen on my street. It on my mother's street. <laughs> but, you know, I had to do it. I, my mind started kind of want to mess with me a little bit. Well, if you were using your faith, why didn't your faith work? And if you were... And I was thinking to myself, I said, yeah, you know, usually, check this out. I pride myself on using my faith for things like this. Pride myself. You see what I'm saying? At any given time, it's not grace, it's you. You got me? You can mess your mind up that bad where you start leaning to your own understanding, leaning on your own abilities, leaning on your own, and so then the deer, suicidal deer, jumps out in front of your car. Huh? Just to show you that you don't pride yourself on anything. You lean on him in all things. You trust him in all things. He's your advocate in all things. He takes care of you in all things. He helps you in all things. Huh? Broke my streak. (laughs) Twelve years. Didn't hit no deer. Now my streak is broken. See, you don't even know how messed up you are in your head until God shows you how screwed up you are. I said, no wonder I'm still winting. You understand what? It makes sense now. You done got off God and you got off on something else that you think you know how to do so well. Oh, it's a trick. But I'm telling you, God will show you. Let if you think you're standing, take heed. Huh? Lest you fall. So I'm taking heed. Huh? I don't want to go another step into that nonsense. And so it's a good thing to be humbled when God shows you, hey, you ain't standing on nothing. If it wasn't for me, I would you wouldn't have the, the help that you have. Huh? Believing for angels to, you know, come to your aid and your rescue. God supplies everything that you need. Amen? He does. He supplies everything that we need. Well, Howard, why don't you put on some music? We'll pray. We will pray for people that need to have prayer because you done lawyered up. Now, I can see nobody out there is trying to stand on their own good behavior. You're throwing yourself on the mercy seat of the court. He is ever merciful. He's ever merciful. Never runs out of mercy. His mercy is everlasting. Never runs out of hope for us. Encouragement. I don't care what it is you need. You need money. Some people are in a bad way financially. You also have an advocate who ministers. He can minister to your need. I don't know many lawyers you can get that are ministers too. But we have one who can minister to our needs. See, some of them can take you to the court system and get you released. But then after you release, you need ministry. So we have a, a high priest in Jesus who ministers to us. Yeah, I was reading in Luke chapter 4 where Jesus describes the anointing that he had. And he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. To heal the brokenhearted. Why did he put that one first? Brokenheartedness is the most common affliction known to man. Did you know that? It's never listed with cancer, heart disease, anything like that. But brokenheartedness is one of the most common afflictions known to man. And so Jesus coming in love to us. And coming as an advocate on our behalf came first to heal the brokenhearted and to bind up our wounds. Many of our physical afflictions can be traced to a broken heart. Somebody in my family I loved a great deal, I know died of a broken heart. Somebody that was in the ministry that we enjoyed for so many years, I know was broken hearted most of the time, never was able to get it healed. God wants his people well folks, of everything, every affliction, every single affliction. 
But I believe today he's given a special anointing to bind up the brokenhearted, to dig deep in that well of bitterness. You know how sometimes when the, uh, if you have a, a, a situation where you have an infection, like a boil, it's underneath your skin. You know how sometimes it's, it, the skin kind of heals over, but there's infection underneath there? Well, many of God's people are like that from hurts and wounds of things in the past. Sometimes things come up anew. It's not a new wound. It's the old wound that was never healed. And so Jesus wants to bind that brokenheartedness today. If there's brokenheartedness, you can come up. If there's anything else you need, you can come up. But I know he wants to take care of us on the inside. Once your insides are straightened out, you can pretty much command health to you because of the healthiness that's on the inside of you. It'll start to break out all over your body. So if anybody needs prayer, especially for that, come on up and we'll begin to pray for you. And uh, we'll let God do what, we'll let the lawyer do what he came to do today. Amen? We'll let him.